This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 29. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the five super simple and super practical things that you can start doing right now to eliminate roadblocks and set yourself up for massive success in the coming year. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. is brought to you by the 8th Annual LWSL Holiday Planner. You guys, this is our most popular freebie of the entire year, and so you've got to grab it now. It's such a great tool for helping you to enjoy a holiday season filled with a whole lot more joy and a whole lot less stress. And the very best part of all, it is completely and totally free. Just our little way of saying happy holidays. It's available now, but only for a limited time. So grab yours at livingwellspendingless.com slash holiday planner. Once again, you can get it at livingwellspendingless.com slash holiday planner. Hey there, and welcome back to the Do It Scared podcast. My name is Ruth Sukup, and I am the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of five, soon to be six books. Whether you are brand new and just finding me through this podcast for the very first time, or whether you've known me for a while from either Living Well, Spending Less, or Elite Blog Academy, welcome. My hope is that this is a place where you will find new inspiration and motivation to move past the things that are holding you back so that you can create a life you love. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of my very, very favorite topics in the whole wide world, and that is not just setting goals, but actually creating a straightforward plan to achieve those goals. Now, you might not know this about me yet, but I am a complete and total New Year's junkie. I am such a nerd, seriously. There is nothing I love better than New Year's. And I just love the fresh start and the new beginning and the new opportunity to get back on track, to renew your vision and your energy, and to just push the reset button. It's amazing. And (laughs) I know that we are still a couple of months away from the new year, and we're just about to head into the holiday season. So you're probably wondering why I am even talking about this right now. I'm totally off on my seasons, right? But I promise you that there is a method to my madness here because, you see, what I have learned through so many years of trial and error and getting it all wrong is that the key to creating your best year ever is taking some time to set yourself up for success in the last couple of months of the year before. Because the truth is that life gets sticky sometimes and there are always obstacles and roadblocks that get in our way of achieving those big goals and dreams. But if you can be smart about it and identify potential obstacles before they get in your way, then you will be way ahead of the game. And so that is what we are going to talk about today. Because ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. It's about 
overcoming the obstacles that stand in our way so that we can go after our dreams in a big way and create a life we love. Because guys, courage doesn't mean that we are never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared, but taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even when we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead us. Okay, so one more quick thing, as always, before we dive into all the goodness of today's episode, and there is a lot of goodness for you, but I have got some amazing resources that are going to walk you through in more detail the practical strategies we're talking about today. So you can get them all by visiting our podcast website, specifically doitscared.com slash episode 29. Once again, you can just go to doitscared.com slash episode 29 to get all the show notes, the links, the downloads, everything I talk about in this episode. And there is quite a bit of stuff. So you'll definitely want to go to the show notes today, doitscared.com slash episode 29. All right. And with that out of the way, let's dive in. Okay, guys. So I don't know about you, but I really, 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 like really so much hate, hate running so much. It's not actually that I just hate running. I hate all exercise. I am very not athletic, even though everyone in my family is somehow athletic except for me. Um, but (laughs) I run because of all of the different forms of exercise that I've tried, I hate running the least, but I still hate it. That's not saying that much because I hate it all. And so because I hate it so much, getting up in the mornings to go for a run pretty much feels like torture. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I hate it. But I also know that because I'm an adult and because I spend so much time of my day sitting at the computer and also because I no longer have the metabolism of a 25-year-old now that I'm 40, I pretty much have to just suck it up, buttercup, and force myself to do some sort of exercise almost every day, whether I want to or not, and whether I hate it or not. Let me tell you, being an adult really sucks sometimes. But what I've discovered is that listening to audiobooks and podcasts while I run is pretty much the only thing for me that makes getting some exercise even the slightest bit bearable. Are you with me on this? Maybe you're doing your exercise right now while you're listening to this podcast. But for me, I find that if I'm able to fill my thoughts with something interesting or inspiring or thought-provoking, then I'm at least not quite as aware of how completely miserable I am to be running. What can I say? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But I don't know why I'm telling you all this because it's not even the point of this podcast. But all of this to say, a couple of years ago on one of these morning torture sessions, I was listening to a podcast and I can't even remember what one it was anymore. But the host said something that literally stopped me in my tracks. I'm not kidding. I actually stopped running right there in the middle of a path at 4.30 in the morning so I could rewind and listen to it again. And the thing that was so brilliant that it actually made me forget just for a second how much I hate running was this. Are you ready for it? She said, if you want to have your best year ever, you have to first plan to have your best month ever the year before. Think about that for a second. To set yourself up to have the best year ever, you have to first 
have your best month ever the year before. It's so simple and yet so profound. And what's more, we don't usually do it that way. Because think about it. What's the last month before the start of the new year? It's December. And what are we busy focusing on during December? Not setting ourselves up for success in the new year. We're thinking about the holidays. There's the parties and the Christmas cards and the gifts and the get-togethers and the Christmas programs, one after another after another, and all the family drama. And I could go on and on. But for most of us, it is a completely crazy time of year, right? And because we are so busy just trying to make it through the hustle and bustle of the holiday season with our sanity intact, the last thing that we are thinking about is trying to set ourselves up for success in the coming year. After all, we can worry about that in January. But inevitably, what ends up happening, despite all of our good intentions in January, is that we find ourselves stumbling along the way. Not necessarily because we're not committed, but because we haven't sufficiently planned for success. But what if it could be different? What if this year we could get started early? And what if this year we gave ourselves a little bit more time to get it right, to account for the unknowns, to proactively tackle all those little things that so often get us off track, and to establish habits that could keep us going strong all year long? What if this year we took away the excuses? And then what if this year, instead of feeling frazzled, we felt fulfilled? What if instead of spinning in circles, we were able to plan our days in a way that felt purposeful and intentional? What if every morning, instead of hitting the snooze button for the third or fourth time, You couldn't wait to jump out of bed and start your day. What if instead of feeling stuck and unmotivated, you were able to find momentum and instead begin creating the life you always wanted? What if this could be your best year ever? That's what we're going to talk about this in this episode. I'm going to go over the five steps that you can take right now to set yourself up for success today so that you are fully prepared to tackle your biggest goals in 2019. The stuff that I'm gonna talk about is actually taken from my Best Year Ever mini course, which is a free five-day challenge that I developed a couple of years ago, and it's something that I make available every year around this time at livingwellspendingless.com. If you would like to do the entire mini course, which includes videos for each lesson and a downloadable workbook to apply the lessons, you can find it at livingwellspendingless.com slash best year ever. And I will also link to it in the show notes for this episode, which are found at doitscared.com. So you can find it there also. You can keep listening. I'm going to go through all five steps, but if you want more afterwards, I'm just telling you livingwellspendingless.com slash best year ever. All right, so let's just dive in to step one, which is become a better goal setter. There's so much that could be said about setting effective goals. And at some point, you've probably heard a lot of the advice. In fact, chances are you've even heard about something called SMART goals, which means that each goal you set should be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And while this can be really a really a good guideline to start with, what the SMART plan often lacks when it comes to goal setting is the most important part, I think. Do you know what it is? 
It's thinking big. Because without a big goal to reach for and to tell us what to focus on, we will spend hours on unimportant tasks simply because it feels good to check them off our list. And that's not good because the true secret of productivity is being able to focus 100% of your attention on your biggest, most important tasks at any given time. And while that sounds so simple, I have discovered that for most of us, it's not. There are a few really big obstacles that get in our way. Sometimes it's that we don't know what the most important task is. Sometimes it's that we're too distracted. Sometimes it's just that we're afraid we're going to miss something. We don't want to miss out. We've got FOMO. But all of those obstacles point to one larger problem, and that is that we don't have a big plan for success. Instead of thinking big and allowing ourselves to consider and then shoot for the wildest possibilities out there, we think small, allowing ourselves to get mired down in the day-to-day grind. But you guys, busy is not the same as productive. And so before we can figure out how to focus 100% of our attention on our biggest, most important tasks, we just need to give ourselves permission to first think big. Because big goals are the roadmap for our lives. They tell us what direction that we need to go. They're the compass that keep us on the right path. They're the filter that let us know what's important and what is not worth our time. Big goals are the key to success. And just as an aside, if this sounds a little bit familiar, it's probably because I have talked about this before, the importance of setting stretch goals in episode one of the Do It Scared podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely do that. But back to setting your big goals. The first step for setting yourself up for success in the coming year is going to be to give yourself permission to think big, bigger than you've ever let yourself dream before. Don't be afraid to start with some big, grand vision, a life list of all of those things that you'd like to do someday. Doesn't have to be this year, just start with someday. And to help you focus, maybe divide it into different categories, family, financial, professional, personal, whatever helps you to just start thinking bigger. And I want you to allow yourself to write down even the craziest, most audacious goals and dreams without any sort of judgment or self-editing. Don't worry about setting time limits or making them perfect. Just write down whatever comes to mind. And then from there, after you've allowed yourself to think big, you can work on breaking down those big goals into more manageable bites. Maybe start by moving a few of your goals from someday to this year. And keep in mind that while those might be items that are actually on this big dreams list of yours, they will more likely be goals that get you closer to one of those things. Maybe those big dream goals are things that are going to take years and years to complete, but you could take a little chunk. So for instance, if one of your big goals is to become 100% debt-free, then perhaps one of your big goals this year might be to get all all of your credit cards paid off. Of course, a whole year can still feel like a pretty daunting and unmanageable time frame when it comes to making our big goals and dreams a reality. And that's why it's so important to also take the time to break down your year into smaller monthly chunks. So if one of your big goals for the year is to run a 10K, then maybe your goal for the month would be to complete a couch to 5K program. 
Or if your big goal this year is to pay off all your credit cards, perhaps your big goal this month is to pay off the balance on your two smallest credit cards. If your big goal this year is to plan an overseas trip, then perhaps your big goal this month is to research and price three potential locations that you could go. See how that works? We simply take a big goal and break it down into smaller, more doable steps that are easier to stay focused on, but that also gets you closer to your big goals and don't send you off in the wrong direction. So that is step one of setting yourself up for success this year. Become a better goal setter. Step two then is to tell your money where to go. In other words, you've got to get a handle on your budget. And for most of us, this is not a fun prospect, but if I've seen one thing sideline people when it comes to setting to going after their dreams and goals, it's finances. And this is the time to do it as we head into the holidays because we need to get a handle on that money right now before you blow your budget or max out your credit cards and find yourself regretting those decisions come January. If you haven't yet downloaded our free holiday planner that we come out with every single year, it includes a free holiday budget planner in there. And you can get that at livingwellspendingless.com slash holiday planner. Once again, it's amazing. It's free. It has a holiday budget in there. Download it and do that. Because the thing is, when we know that we have been spending too much, just the idea of creating a budget can seem so scary. The thought of taking an honest look at your current financial state is enough for most of us to break out in a cold sweat. And it's so much easier to justify all those not so necessary expenditures when we don't actually know how much we're spending or how it relates to how much income we're bringing in. We tell ourselves that ignorance is bliss, but guys, that is just a big fat lie. Setting up and sticking to a budget might seem scary and overwhelming at first, but the truth is that not having a clear picture of your financial state is a much scarier prospect. The ongoing stress of not knowing where you are at is so much worse than a few hours spent being honest with yourself. No matter how out of hand your finances might be right now, taking the time to make a plan for the future will always be better than burying your head in the sand. So if you're brand new to budgeting, I highly recommend checking out Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover. It's such a great resource, not only for creating a budget, but for helping you create a plan to get out of debt and to set yourself up for long-term financial stability. And if you're married, this is really one of those things that you have to do together with your spouse. A family budget will never work unless you and your spouse are on the same page. So when we were setting up our budget for the very first time, my husband and I found it most helpful to make a list on a separate piece of paper, all the things that we could think of that we spend money on, as well as estimate how much we spent on each item. And then we added up the total of that list. Then that was when we really realized how much we needed to cut back. And with the number to start with, then we worked backwards, deciding what we could eliminate and cut back on until the total of our variable expenses matched the amount we actually had available to spend. It was pretty simple. There was no like massive spreadsheets. There was no Excel. We didn't do anything online. We just got a piece of paper and started listing things. 
And there's a lot of different budget templates out there that are really good. We've got one um, in our company at Living Well Spending Less that you can download. And in many of these budget templates, there's suggested percentages for each category. But as you go through this, just remember that there those suggested budget percentages are just guidelines. They're not absolutes. You have to figure out what works for you. Once you've established your budget for the month, the final step is to stick to it. And this is the part that requires discipline and the commitment to make it work. So make sure that you have allowed a little bit of wiggle room there for emergencies and unexpected expenses that might come up, especially this time of year during the holidays. I know it can be hard, but I promise you, if you do this budget thing now and get a handle on this now, you are going to be in such a great position come January. And here's the most important part. If you happen to get off track, don't give up. Shoot for progress, not perfection, and then adjust things accordingly the following month. So tell your money where to go. That's step number two. Step number three is to make meal planning simple. And I know what you're thinking here because I'm thinking the same thing. Meal planning. I mean, right? Why do these people that we love insist on needing to eat every day? But they do every single day. No sooner have we figured out what to make for one meal and they are hungry again. And so because we can't just stop eating, our second best option is to figure out a way to make getting food on the table a little less painful to simplify and streamline the process of planning our menus and cooking our meals, to spend less time in the kitchen and more time on those big goals and dreams, the things we are most excited and passionate about. Now, don't get me wrong here, and I hope I'm not offending anybody. There is nothing wrong with cooking or with wanting to spend time in the kitchen preparing elaborate gourmet meals. If you love to cook, if food is your love language, and if trying new recipes lights a spark inside of you, then the last thing I want to do is discourage that. That's I'm not talking to you in this section. <laughs> in fact, if you love to cook, that's even more of a reason to plan ahead so that you can have more time to devote in the kitchen to creating those amazing meals. But for the rest of us, the ones for whom cooking is just okay or a chore or a necessary evil or a means to an end, there are a few simple tweaks that we can make to our daily, weekly, and monthly routine to make getting food on the table a whole lot easier. And I know this probably seems weird to be talking about this on this podcast, but the thing is, and the thing that I've learned, especially for women, is that it's the simplest things that trip us up. It's the simplest things that hold us back from going after our goals and dreams. It is the things like not having enough money. It's the things like having to cook dinner every single night that leave us with never enough time. So that's why I want to talk about creating solutions for this. Okay, so my first piece of advice for simplifying your menu planning process is to just brainstorm a list of your favorite meal ideas. And keep in mind that the time to do this is not at five o'clock when you are suddenly in a pinch and you're hungry and you're desperate because that is exactly the time when your brain stops working, your stomach takes over, and we start looking for the easiest and quickest solution. Pizza, fast food, Chinese food, maybe even a bowl of cold cereal. But this list of brainstorm meal ideas, this will be your go-to list for meal planning. 
And if you want, you can keep adding to it over time, but this should be your first point of reference when it comes time to figure out what to put on your weekly meal schedule. Think about it. If you have a list of all your favorite meal ideas right there, all you have to do is pick a few. And then the next thing you'll want to do after creating your go-to list of meal ideas is to create a list of pantry staples that you'll always want to keep on hand. And one of the best ways to keep your food costs down is to try to stock up on those items that you use a lot while they are on sale. But it really helps to know what those items are. And, you know, funny story about this. My husband and I struggled for years with meals, especially when he came home and I went to work. And I was I kept expecting him to make dinner, but he never really knew what to cook or what to buy at the grocery store. And so I would come home and be hungry and he wouldn't know what to cook and I wouldn't be able to cook because there was nothing for me to cook with. And we finally solved that by coming up with this list of just basic items that we always keep on hand. And so when there's always something on hand, there's always something that you can cook with and there's always something that you can throw together. It makes such a huge difference. So keep a copy of this list in your purse, take a picture of it so you always have it on hand, and then you can access it anytime you're at the grocery store and always keep your pantry primed. And then from there, deciding what to eat every week is pretty easy. You just sit down with your go-to list of meal ideas, you decide which ones to add to your weekly meal plan, and then you just take notes of any additional ingredients that you'll need to pick up at the grocery store. And ultimately, the secret to being prepared for mealtime is simply to be purposeful about planning ahead. But I will tell you, you can make this process even easier if you're so inclined by spending a few hours each month prepping some freezer meals. And I'm telling you guys, just bear with me for a second because I know that sounds so much harder than it is. In fact, every time I do a freezer cooking session, I always think, oh my gosh, this is so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I should do it more often. Because the truth is, freezer cooking, if you do it the right way, the cheater way, is actually so much easier than you think it's going to be. And you can actually just spend like an hour on a Saturday morning and save yourself a whole month's worth of dinner hassle. And I don't know about you, but between the homework and the meetings and the extracurricular activities that we have all week long, it sure is nice to not have to think hard about dinner every single night. So if you've never tried them, I definitely recommend starting with one of our amazing 10 meals in an hour plans, which includes the recipes, the shopping list, the step-by-step instructions, and even the printable labels to put on your bags. It seriously could not be any easier. The recipes are really good. They use basic ingredients, and I will definitely include the link to our 10 meals in an hour plans in the show notes for this episode. So simplify your meal planning. That's step number three. Step number four is to take back your time. Have you ever noticed that it feels like there is never enough time? And yet, if you've ever stopped to look at how much time we are awake in a given week, it's actually quite a bit of time. In fact, if you would divide that amount of time into one-hour blocks, you would end up with 119 blocks to work with. It's a lot more than we think, right? So why does it feel like there is never enough time? I think for most of us, it comes down to how we use those precious blocks. And the sad truth is that for most of us, there are probably a lot more wasted blocks each week than we'd like to admit. 
We spend a block on Facebook here, two blocks getting lost on Pinterest over there. Our evening blocks disappear into a void of our latest Netflix obsession. And we don't even know what happened to the weekend blocks. And guys, it's not that I think every time block in our life should be structured and productive. I definitely, that's not what I'm saying. We all need rest and relaxation and fun and Netflix in our lives. But I do believe that we can all stand to be a lot more purposeful with how we map out our blocks of time each week so that we can make time for the most important things first before those blocks disappear disappear into the abyss. So here's how it works, at least for me. Every Friday afternoon, I sit down to plan my upcoming week. And how I start is just with a brain dump, a dump of all those tornadoes, all those things that are swirling around in my head, all the things I know I'm going to need to do, the work obligations, the meetings, the school stuff, the family commitments, the friends I want to connect with, the things I have to do every single week, whatever. I just get it all out of my head, every single thing. And then from there, I prioritize all those things. And for this, I like to use my weekly wizard worksheet, and I will link to that in the show notes. But you can just do this on your same piece of paper or whatever, whatever works for you. And I start with the A tasks, those items that are most important. And here's the really crucial distinction that I want to make, because by most important, I don't mean the most urgent or the most pressing or the, but the items that will get me closer to my biggest goals. Let me say that again, not the most urgent, not the most pressing things. Those are not A tasks. The A tasks are the items that will get me closer to my big goals. Because urgent doesn't always equal important. And then from there, I add the B tasks. And those are the items that should be done, maybe because they are urgent or because there's a pressing deadline or whatever. Those are things that are important, but things that won't necessarily move the needle towards my bigger goals. And then finally, there are the C tasks. And those are the things that I would like to do if there is still time. And once that's done, it's a matter of blocking out the time to make it fit. I actually take the time to schedule appointments with myself for each of the tasks on my to-do list. Just the same way that I would schedule an appointment at the doctor or schedule a meeting. And I take those appointments as seriously as I would a doctor's appointment or a meeting. I take the appointments with myself as seriously as I would take a commitment to somebody else. I start with the A tasks. And the reason I start with the A tasks is because I know that if I don't put time for my most important things first, my biggest goals first, they won't happen. The time will go away. And then after that, I move on to the B tasks, the stuff that's important and sometimes urgent, but that's not going to get me closer to my bigger goals. And then if there's still time after that, which unbelievably there usually is because again, it's a lot of blocks in the week. That's where I put the C tasks. And it's such a simple system, guys, but it is amazing how well it works. And I know it works because I have taught this system to thousands of people, thousands of Living Well Planner users, and they use it too. And they report back on how well it works. It just works. And I do it every single week without fail. And it just continues to work again and again and again. So often I will do my brain dump on Friday afternoon and I will look at that list and I will think, oh, my gosh, there is no way that I could ever get all of this done. This is crazy. This is crazy town. 
And then I take the time to block it all out and I realize how much time I actually have and how doable everything really is. And not only that, I usually end up with more free time than I think. So that is step four, the magic step. Take back your time. And then the final step, step five, is to pull it all together in a cohesive system. Now, I've already mentioned this, but for me, that is using my Living Well Planner, along with the Weekly Wizard and Daily Do It sticky notes that help me prioritize my to-do lists. And the reason I'm such a fan and such an advocate of the Living Well Planner for this is because I actually designed it for this system. It all was designed to go together. The li- I designed the Living Well Planner to work with my brain and my system, and that is just the way it went. So it's designed for time blocking. It has a monthly budget spread. It's got the expense tracking. It has meal planning in there, and it's also designed to help you set the big goals and then break those big goals into monthly chunks. So obviously I'm par- partial to that because I designed it. And if you are a paper planner user and you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend it. But even that, I, even so, I know there are lots of people who also prefer digital organizers. And so you can totally set up your own system to pull it all together using something like Google Calendar or some other kind of planning app. Check it out. I don't have a specific one that I recommend because I am a paper planner user, but I'm sure you could figure out something. The point is that whatever you use to bring your system together, use something and make it work for you. And not only that, start using your system now before the end of the year so that come January 1st, you will be ready to hit the ground running. (sighs) Guys, when it comes to following through on our goals, Most of us are often our own worst enemies. We get in our own way, not because we are trying to, but because we haven't put safeguards in place to avoid those things that get us off track. Things like a lack of clarity, financial struggles, our families needing us to get food on the table every single night, or maybe just not enough hours in the day. But there's a solution for each one of these. And the five simple steps that we talked about today can help set you on the path to success in the coming year. Become a better goal setter. Tell your money where to go. Make meal planning simple. Take back your time and then pull it all together in a cohesive way. It's time to stop making excuses and instead make this your best year ever. Okay, so don't forget that if you would like to get access to the free Best Year Ever mini course that will go into even more detail for each of these five steps that we just talked about, you can find it at livingwellspendingless.com slash bestyearever. Or to get the links to everything I talked about in this episode, as well as a worksheet that will walk you through the five steps, you can get it all along with our show notes at doitscared.com slash episode 29. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 29. And then before we go, as always, I just want to say that I love hearing from you. If you have any questions about what we talked about today, or if you've been using our system and you would love to share your success story, I would love to hear it. Or if there are any other topics that you would like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out via email by filling out our form at doitscared.com. 
And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Sugut podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as we chat with the super inspirational host of the Growth Now Movement podcast, Justin Schenk. Once voted least likely to succeed with a drug drug addict mom and a father who was in jail, Justin has overcome incredible odds to create a life that he could never have dreamed of. His story is amazing, and he has some incredible wisdom to share. It's definitely an episode you won't want to miss. I'll catch you then.